0: This week in the parish of bourses and market structure, DB1 sparkles, MCX results are even more spectacular still, SEC under resource strains, MIAX buys, FCM dormant trading and BMLL garners healthy funding. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast, Episode 167. Some very interesting new rules they will allow some technology and science companies that haven't yet generated revenue to go public in a week when HKEX was touting its role as the super connector between China and the world. Over at the HKEX London-based subsidiary, LME, they are advancing their sustainability agenda during the course of London Metals Week this week. LME Passport has been enhanced to include emissions data, comparability and disclosures relating to non-LME-grade metal, responsible sourcing agenda. That has been advanced by integrating the first artisanal mining, that's an ASM, Passport, as well as scrap material attestations into the LME passport, while LME itself has given a net zero commitment with a 2040 target. One exchange which will just be happy to be around in 2040 is the Calcutta Stock Exchange, which is trying to find a raison d'etre in a bid to stay afloat, as Money Control reported it. The Calcutta Stock Exchange is mulling, offering its members access to the International Financial Services Centre in Gujarat's Gift City, so that members can trade in foreign stocks. One exchange which is going strong, and happy birthday, Trinidad and Tobago, the TTSE, marked the milestone of 40 years this week. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com, with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up, or if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome, wherever you find this podcast. It was a busy week for results in the parish. All the details were in Exchange Invest Daily, the newsletter no person can afford to be without in capital markets and market structure. For the sake of this podcast, I'm just going to look at a few edited highlights. Comdac Metals, they're a tiny platform, but they give us an incredible update. They're looking towards, whoa, six million in revenues this year in their financial year projections to the year end of 31st of March, 2023. Their contracted data and Product revenues grew 24% year-on-year, which has increased to 84% of total revenue. Fascinating times for Comdac Metals Group. And meanwhile, Deutsche Börse, at the opposite end of the scale, top of Tier 2 in Young's Pyramid, they produced very, very strong results. Net revenue up 30% year-on-year. NASDAQ, not quite as spectacular, but still a very, very sturdy set of results, as is the custom for Nasdaq nowadays under CEO Adina Friedman. And MCX, they blew everything out of the park. Net income up 94% on their Q3 revenues. It was also a busy week for new markets. Highlights of a few very, very interesting deals and wheels here. The Saudi will Group, they offered us the terrific news that in participation with the Public Investment Fund, they're going to establish a regional voluntary carbon market company. Tel Aviv Stock Exchange, they're going to be restructuring and they're also going to create a crypto platform. The TASE itself will now become a private subsidiary, 100% owned by the Group Holding Company, which is of course listed on the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange all at a time when TASE looks to be going great guns. Profits have grown from $5 million to $13 million in a year, which presumably vindicates the takeover by Manake Partners when they acquired 20% of the exchange in 2018. Last but by no means least this week in new markets, Timlez. They've partnered with Exports, that's Tony Mackay's tech company, for a new climate marketplace. No let up in deals either this week, even though the Deutsche Börse CEO announced during his results call that he is getting calls for M&A deals, but he's selective about anything he might pursue. Somebody who's selected a really, really interesting deal, that's Miami International Holdings. You'll recall we've been talking about the move towards exchanges being in the brokerage business for some weeks now. Well, MIAX, or at least MIH, Miami International Holdings, they've acquired Dorman Trading, a full-service Chicago-based FCM, with FTX and CME making proposals to have DMA through FCM, MIAX is leaping ahead of the field towards something that actually IPLY thought was fairly inevitable since I find notes of a late 1999 presentation I gave to a group of Australian investors in Sydney which was hosted by a leading investment bank. This is a very, very interesting move which positions MIAX once again as both a fearless innovator and the enterprise that seems to be prepared for the next wave, whichever way CFTC may opt to go on this matter. Incidentally, of course, it's worth considering that while MIAX owns the exchange-traded derivative CFTC regulated market MGEX based in Minneapolis, we ought to remember that MIAX's original primary regulator remains the SEC for their stock options and cash equity exchanges. I'm not sure if this impacts owning a CFTC regulated FCM, but it all adds up to some veritable excitement. Fun fact to finish with, Dorman Trading was established on CBOT as a broker in 1956. Instanet, they've completed their purchase of FIS Execution Services and Valerium Brackets, of course, I've got a vested interest there as in executive director, close brackets, are in talks to complete their Gibraltar Stock Exchange acquisition according to their latest RNS. No firm news yet, but some of us are waiting with, well, more eager anticipation than others. Speaking of eager anticipation, if you're eagerly anticipating the future of finance, have you read my latest book, Victory or Death, Blockchain, Cryptocurrency and the Fintech World? A rapid romp to try and understand where markets are and where they're going 20 years on from the capital market revolution. Victory or Death is published by DV Books and is distributed by Ingram Worldwide. Don't forget, while you're waiting for your copy of that book to appear... Check out our live stream, Tuesday 6pm, London 1pm, New York. It's the IPO vid live show. You can catch the back episodes on LinkedIn and YouTube via IPO-vid. Our latest show was Superb. Christian Katz, the CEO of Helvetek. Securitizing the Future was the title there. There's not going to be a show next week due to it being the Day of the Dead and various other holidays around the world. But our next show will be on November the 8th, when we will have as our guest Paul Humphreys and Dr. Elliot Banks of BMLL. Let me not get ahead of myself. We're going to talk about them more in this podcast in just a second. They'll be discussing BMLL Liquidity Maps, the data Magna Carta. Of course, also, if you're trying to keep up to date with the world of the business of bourses, then you need to be reading Exchange Invest Daily, the exchange of information. Get your free trial now. Thereafter, it's $300 per user year and worth every last penny in these volatile times for the exchange business. Product news this week. SIBO and s and Dow Jones are going to develop a new dispersion index. Project Eden has kicked off for the first time in Israel. The Ministry of Finance and the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange are preparing for the issuance of government bonds on a blockchain platform. Bursa Malaysia, they've invited public feedback on proposed amendments to the main market listing requirements in relation to listed REITs and ETFs with WAQF feature. Luxembourg Stock Exchange, they've launched a new fast lane procedure for Euro. MTF Listings and Shanghai Futures Exchange are going to be launching container freight rate futures. The latter seems entirely logical to me, particularly given the market volatility within the container freight industry, just on the Sino-US West Coast routes alone. Rates there are back down 60% or so this year since the Covid squeeze sent supply chain issues and therefore the prices of containers rocketing through the roof last year. In technology news this week, spectacular announcement from BMLL. They have secured no less than 26 million US dollars in Series B funding. That's led as well by a cornucopia of great market names, NASDAQ, FactSet and IQ Capital to name but three. Fabulous news altogether and... Hearty congratulations to Paul Humphreys and the entire BMLL team. And of course, they will be on our IPO vid live stream coming up on Tuesday week, November the 8th. Interestingly, crypto hacking is heading for a record, according to Barron's. They noted that there are dangers in DeFi in their headlines. The thing that strikes me is, given how far values of crypto have fallen during the course of the past year, with many of the cryptocurrencies off 60% or more, That means the hacking growth has been pretty enormous, if not exponential, in terms of actual hacking, to be a larger amount of money than it was this time last year. Regulation news this week. The SEC watchdog staff are worried about the workload under Gensler. That was a headline in Politico. The Wall Street Journal put it, SEC chairman's agenda strains resources, internal watchdog fines. Gosh, going hyperactive with a hefty dose of micromanagement and bracket creep of monumental proportions from the original very simple brief, which is about, well, these days it seems seven sigma away from where we were with the original Securities Exchange Act after the Wall Street crash in the early 1930s, this seems to be creating resource issues. Who would have ever thought that? The only surprise, frankly, is that this concern has taken so long to emerge. Elsewhere, the SEC have recorded a lobbying blitz on disclosures of greenhouse gas emissions, unsurprisingly, as corporations are deeply worried about the extent of those disclosures. Meanwhile, a Bank of England official has been quoted in City AM, stating crypto has serious deficiencies in governance. Clearly, the Bank of England discerns this salient point about governance on the time-honoured takes-one-to-know-one basis. The European Commission's Circuit breaker Plans for Energy Futures are under fire – zero shock there – while 22% of the CFT's year-long enforcement actions involved digital assets. Creep has this week shake-up at IOSCO. Jean-Paul Servet. he's the head of the Belgian regulator, he's going to replace Ashley Alder, the long-time chairman of IOSCO. And also, IOSCO Board have appointed the CFTC chairman, Rustin Benham, as the vice-chairman. Former CFO of the London Stock Exchange Group, Tim Powell, has moved to AlphaFX in the same role, while, surprise, surprise, the crypto exchange Binance US have hired an ex-FBI agent as their first head of investigations. Last week, Olivia Garris as our esteemed IPO vid guest, Noted during the live stream that a name change had already happened while I had it in the Big World Archive awaiting a quiet day to announce Astana, which was Nur Sultan for the past few years, has reverted to Astana in less time than it took, frankly, to settle some obscure continental European government securities during the 1980s. So, just when you hadn't got used to it, Nursultan has already reverted to Astana, which is just as well that the Astana IFC and the Astana International Exchange AIX hadn't rebranded yet, even if it has doubtless upset the brand consultants who could have sought Double Bubble within three years. Of course, this raises all sorts of interesting questions about cities being renamed. Kazakhstan's capital was known as Akmolinsk in Imperial Russian times, was renamed to Tselinograd during Soviet times, then Akmola when Kazakhstan first was independent in the 1980s, and finally settled on Astana in 1997. City branding is always tough. I recall visiting BSE and NSE in India while carefully reciting Mumbai at all times and then having the locals say nothing about the word Bombay when referring to their hometown. Hashtag confusing. And indeed, to see if anybody still confused at the water cooler in an effort to kill a lingering Western misunderstanding, Leningrad was St Petersburg while Stalingrad was Tsaritsyn, but has actually been Volgograd since 1961 thanks to Khrushchev. Khrushchev, of course, was famed for transferring the Crimean Oblast from the Russian SFSR to the Ukrainian SSR in 1954, which just goes to show that political meddling in territory and state branding is not always a good thing. Speaking of state meddling, let's finish the week on most Salvadorians think making Bitcoin legal tender was a failure. The survey conducted by the University of Central America, the UCA, revealed that 75.6% of those polled never used cryptocurrency during the course of this year, and 77% consider crypto adoption to have been a failure and on that mysterious and magnificent note ladies and gentlemen my name is patrick l young creator of markets publisher of exchange invest the exchange of information i wish you all a great week in blockchain life and markets